0: Good afternoon, and welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Wow, we are on chapter eight, chapter eight of Five Go Off in a Caravan. Wowzers. Um, And chapter eight is called Up in the Hills. Oh my goodness, goodness me. (laughs) Right, let's see. Chapter 8, Up in the Hills. The four children were upset and puzzled by the behaviour of the two men. George told how Timmy had woken her by growling and how she had heard the men talking together in low voices. I don't really think they'd come to steal anything, she said. I think they were just meeting near here for a secret talk. They didn't know the caravans were here and they walked straight into ours. They're bad-tempered brutes, said Julian, and I don't care what you say, George. I'm going to lock your caravan door tonight. I know you've got Timmy, but I'm not running any risk of these men coming back. Timmy or no Timmy? Anne was so scared. George consented to let Julian lock the red caravan door. Timmy was locked in with them. The boys went back to their own caravan and Julian locked his door too from the inside. He wanted to be on the safe side. "'I'll be glad to get away from here up into the hills,' he said. "'I shan't feel safe as long as we're quite so near the camp. "'We'll be all right up in the hills.' We'll go first thing after breakfast, said Dick, settling down into his bunk again. It's a good thing girls had Timmy tonight. Those fellows looked as if they meant to go for you properly, Jew. Yes, I shouldn't have had much chance against the two of them either, said Julian. They're both hefty, strong fellows. The next morning, all the four awoke early. Nobody felt inclined to lie in and snooze. All of them were anxious to get off before Lou and Dan appeared again. You get the breakfast, Anne and George, and Dick and I will catch the horses and put them in the caravan shafts, said Julian. Then we shall be ready to go off immediately after breakfast. They had breakfast and cleared up. They got up onto the driving seats and were just about to drive away when Lou and Dan came down the track towards them. "'Oh, you're going, are you?' said Dan, with an ugly grin on his face. "'That's right. Nice to see, kids so obedient. "'Where you going?' "'Up into the hills,' said Julian. "'Not that it's anything to do with you where we go.' "'Why don't you go round the foot of the hills instead of over the top?' said Lou. "'Silly way to go up there, with the caravans dragging the horses back all the way.' Julian was just about to say that he didn't intend to go right up to the top of the hills and over to the other side when he stopped himself. No, just as well not to let these fellows know that he meant to camp up there or they might come and worry them all again. He clicked to Dobby. "'We're going the way we want to go,' he said to Lou in a curt voice, "'and that's up the hill. Get out of the way, please.' As Dobby was walking straight at them, the men had to jump to one side. They scowled at the four children, and then they all heard the sound of running footsteps, and along came Nobby, with Barker and Growler at his heels as usual. Hey, what are you going so early for? he yelled. Let me come part of the way with you. Oh, no, you don't, said his uncle, and gave the surprised boy a back round his ear. I've told these kids to clear out, and they're going. I won't have any meddling strangers around this camp, and don't you kid yourself they want to make friends with you, see? Go and get those dogs out and exercise them, or I'll give you another box round the ears that'll make you see all the stars in the sky. Nobby stared at him, angry and afraid. He knew his uncle too well to defy him. He turned on his heels sullenly and went off back to the camp. The caravans overtook him on the way. Julian called to him in a low voice. "'Cheer up, Nobby. We'll be waiting for you up in the hills. Don't tell Lou and your uncle about it. Let them think they've got we've gone right away. Bring Pongo up sometime.' Nobby grinned. "'Right you are,' he said. "'I can bring the dogs up to exercise them too.' "'But not today. I daren't today. "'And as soon as those two are safely out for the day, "'I'll bring you down to the camp and show you round, see? "'That all right?' "'Fine,' said Julian and drove on. "'Neither Lou nor Dan had heard a word "'or even guessed that this conversation was going on, "'for Nobby had been careful to walk on all the time "'and not even turn his face towards the children.' the road wound upwards into the hills. At first it was not very steep but wound to and fro across the side of the hill. Halfway up the caravans crossed a stone bridge under which a very swift stream flowed. That stream's in a hurry, said George, watching it bubble and gurgle downwards. Look, is that where it starts from, just there in the hillside? She pointed some way up the hill and it seemed as if the stream really did suddenly start just where she pointed. But it can't suddenly start here. Not such a big, fast stream as this, said Julian, stopping Dobby on the other side of the bridge. Let's go and see. I'm thirsty. If there's a spring there, it will be very cold and clear. Lovely to drink from. Come on, let's go and see. But there was no spring. The stream did not begin just there, but flowed out of a hole in the hillside, as big and as fast as it was just under the stone bridge. The children bent down and peered into the water-filled hole. It comes out from inside the hill, said Anne, surprised. Fancy it running round in the hill itself. Oh, it must be glad to find a way out. They didn't like to drink it, as it was not the fresh, clear spring they had hoped to find. But, wandering a little further on, they came to a real spring that gushed out from beneath a stone, cold and crystal clear. They drank from this and voted that it was the nicest drink they had ever had in their lives. Dick followed the spring water downwards and saw that it joined the rushing stream. I suppose it flows into the lake, he said. Come on, let's get on and find a farm, Julie, And I'm sure I heard the crowing of a cock just then, so one can't be far away. They went around a bend of the hill and saw the farm, a rambling collection of old buildings sprawling down the hillside. Hens ran about clucking, sheep grazed above the farm, and cows chewed the cud in fields nearby. A man was working not far off, and Julian hailed him. "'Good morning. Are you the farmer?' no farmers over yonder said the man pointing to a barn near the farmhouse be careful of the dogs the two caravans went on towards the farm the farmer heard them coming and came out with his dogs when he saw that there were only children driving the two caravans he looked very surprised julian had a polite well-mannered way with him that all the grown-ups liked Soon he was deep in a talk with a man with most satisfactory results. The farmer was willing to supply them with any farm produce they wanted and they could have as much milk as they liked at any time. His wife, he was sure, would cook them anything they asked her to and bake them cakes to. Perhaps I could arrange payment with her, said Julian. I'd like to pay for everything as I buy it. That's right, son, said the farmer. Always pay your way as you go along and you won't come to any harm. You go see my old woman. She likes children and she'll make you right welcome. Where are you going to camp? Well, I'd like to camp somewhere with a fine view over the lake, said Julian. We can't see it from just here. Maybe a bit further on we'll get just the view I want. Yes, you go on about half a mile, said the farmer. The track goes that far. And when you come to a clump of fine birch trees, you'll see a sheltered hollow set right in the hillside with a wonderful, fine view over the lake. You can pull your caravans in there, son, and you'll be sheltered from the winds. Oh, thanks awfully, said all the children together, thinking what a nice man this old farmer was and how different from Lou and Dan with their threats and rages. We'll go and see your wife first, said Julian, and then we'll go on and pull into the hollow you suggest. We'll be seeing you again some time, I expect. They went to see the farmer's wife, a fat, round-checked old woman, whose little curranty eyes twinkled with good humour. She made them very welcome, gave them hot buns from the oven and told them to help themselves to the little purple plums on the tree outside the old farmhouse. Julian arranged to pay on the spot for anything they bought each day. The prices, the farmer's wife asked, seemed very low indeed, but she would not hear of taking any more money for her goods. "'It'll be a pleasure to see your bonny faces at my door,' she said. "'That'll be part of my payment, see? "'I can tell you're well-brought-up children by your nice manners and ways,' You'll not be doing any damage or foolishness on the farm, I know. The children came away laden with all kinds of food, from eggs and ham to scones and ginger cake. She pushed a bottle of raspberry syrup into Anne's hand when the little girl said goodbye. But when Julian turned back to pay her for it, she was quite annoyed. If I want to make a present to somebody, I'll do it, she said, Go on with you, paying for this and paying for that. I'll have a little something extra for you each time and don't you dare to ask to pay for it or I'll be off to you with my rolling pin. Oh, isn't she awfully nice, said Anne as they made their way back to the caravans. Even Timmy offered to shake hands with her without you telling him to, George. And he hardly ever does that to anyone, does he? They packed the things away into the larder, got up into the driving seats, clicked to Dobby and Trotter and set off up the track again. Just over half a mile away was a clump of birch trees. We'll find that sheltered hollow near them, said Julian. Yes, look, there it is, set back into the hill. A really cosy place, just right for camping in. And, oh, what a magnificent view. It certainly was they could see right down the steep hillside to the lake, it lay spread out flat and smooth like an enchanted mirror from where they could where they were they could now see right to the opposite banks of the lake and it was indeed a big stretch of water isn't it? Blue said Anne, staring bluer even than the sky, oh, won't it be lovely to see this marvellous view every single day we're here? Julian backed the caravans into the hollow, Heather grew there like a springy purple carpet, bells, pale as an evening sky grew in clumps in crevices of the hill behind. It was indeed a lovely spot for camping in. George's sharp eye ears caught the sound of water and she went to look for it. She called back to the others. What do you think? There's another spring here coming out of the hill. Drinking and washing water laid on. Aren't we lucky? We certainly are, said Julian. It's a lovely place and nobody will disturb us here however, he spoke too soon. Oh dear, that does not bode very well, does it? That sounds like somebody is going to disturb them. Oh dear me. Right, well, that was indeed chapter eight and it was up in the hills so tomorrow we will go for chapter 9 and see who disturbs the children <laughs> right until tomorrow you all make sure that you take care and stay safe but also have the best day ever and i'll see you all again tomorrow bye for No.